And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel 2.32. Kia ora and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. Formerly the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify. A big shalom to those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Welcome to episode 11. Fill Me In is a podcast where we uh, talk with people who haven't had your typical Christian upbringing, but uh, somewhere along the way have been brought into the flock by the Lord himself. Uh, today we're talking with Nevin. Nevin, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good to have you with us, man. Could you just tell us a bit about yourself? Who are you? What are you, what are you doing in this season of life at the moment? All that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just finishing uh, up my degree at Kerry Baptist College. Uh, looking forward to that to being over. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, uh, working or pastoring at Ormiston Baptist Church, uh, which is um, a great opportunity for me to be able to work in the lives of, of people where I feel God's calling on me to shepherd his flock. Awesome, man. Um, with him. That's terrific. Um, so, yeah, and um, what what am I? I'm 33, yep. uh, Maori, Croatian, and Albanian, and I live in and I've always lived in South Auckland. So awesome! What's been your, I guess, your favourite paper you've done at Kerry? I'm assuming you've been there three years. So, yeah, for yep. sure, a little bit longer because I I started off part time and then uh, kind of did a two year stint and just finishing right. off the last the last little one. So, um, hey, th- there's been a few papers, yeah, that have been pretty cool. Um, ecclesiology has been pretty great. Cool. Um, studying the church and mm. the function of the triune God through that. So, awesome. yeah, no, it's, it's great. That's terrific, man. Hey, we've obviously got you on here because you're a Christian and you've got a story as to sort of how, you, how you've come into that. But maybe let's just start by you telling us about your your Christian life at the moment. So you, you've shed a little bit of light on on some of the stuff you're doing there. But um, as far as, you know, according to Nevin in 2023, uh, what what is it to be a Christian? Yeah, I mean, I, I would call myself an evangelist. Um, mm. I love the gospel. Um, I love sharing the gospel. I love going out street, doing street evangelism. Mm. Um and it just brings me so much joy to be able to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, I, I can't, I can't think of really doing much uh, else that brings me great joy. Um, mm. And particularly when you see that light bulb moment in the mm. life of someone being like, "Hang on a minute," that actually rings really true with um, w- with what you're saying. It rings quite true. To, to, to what you're saying and to, to what you're saying to me mm. and um, yeah just just to, just when my one of my concluding statements is uh, you must repent and trust in Christ when are you going to do that mm. um, and when they say oh right now mm. you know uh, that just you know I, I just want to crumble <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, 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 with with love and joy and excitement and all of that so um, mm. yeah and uh, what does it mean to be a Christian I mean I just, I just love God's word, you know. Um, I don't know if, you know, everyone says that, but, you know, standing on the word of God is so important. Mm. Uh, there, there, are two, there are two things out there. There is the word of God or the word of man. Mm. Um, and, and I trust the word of God. And I've made it uh, a religious act on my part to read my Bible daily. Awesome. Um, and to make sure 
uh, that it's done um, uh, by uh, listening to, I, I, I uh, admire the work of the evangelist uh, Ray Comfort, mm. and he uses certain words like, you know, no, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. Mm. Um, you know, how, how many times do Christians um, go without eating? Pretty much never. Mm. Uh, but how, how often do they go without reading their Bible sometimes? Um, and that, that would be a lot more than not eating food. And so what is more important, mm. uh, the, the, the spiritual food or the physical food to those mm. um, out there? And, and definitely that's one thing that I like to drive in there is, is, is diving deep into the word of God. Um, I could go on and on and on awesome, about man about the Bible and, and having communion with, with, um, with God through prayer. And mm. those are my two, one of my two favorite things is, um, yeah, reading my Bible and, um, having communion with, with God through That's prayer. awesome, dude. Mm. That's awesome. And we'll, we'll come back to, um, you know, how you incorporate scripture, uh, into your life as we move through this chat. I'm super keen to hear uh, a lot more about how, how you, you go about that and how you've sort of come to, some of these things you're saying that's really cool tell me a bit more though about the evangelism stuff i mean that's that's a thing that a lot of christians sort of approach with uh fear and trembling you could say not necessarily uh fear and trembling for god but uh fear and trembling when it comes to i guess the opinions of other people as they go into it was that yeah. something that you have struggled with and you've sort of grown in or have you always just felt you know pretty confident well with that? yeah i mean there's one thing about me is i'm very I'm very relational and I'm very, I like to get up and close and personal and I'm not, mm. I'm not afraid. Um, I'm not a very shy person. I'm a pretty, okay. a pretty out there. And mm. um, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a Maldi Croatian and Albanian. I could pass for Indian, Arab, Samoan, <laughs> so many things. And, you know, when I, most of my evangelism is done um, on the streets of, 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 of South Auckland and particularly Odahu, which is where my home church is, okay. Odahu Community Baptist Church. And I just mesh with the people. Mm. You know, it's um there's 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 just there's just a, a being real mm. with people. Sup bro, what are you up to? Mm. You know? Oh no, all good. Oh, so what are you up to? You just just the standard yeah. communication that you can have. There's no trying to fake anything or, or, yeah. or whatever. Um and and to be honest, why I do it, I mean when I received, when God decided that this was the moment that I needed to uh, interlock into my brain, soul, and spirit, mm. uh, that um, that this is this is this is the truth. This is what the gospel uh, is uh, and what it can do. Um, I could, I can't, I couldn't help, and I can't help, but but share it with as many people as I possibly mm. can. And so I intentionally. Mm. Um, share the gospel on the streets of Odahu, um, every chance that I get, but it's, it's also lived out. I can't help but do it to my boss yeah. and to my, to my neighbor and then to the dairy owner and, and all of that. It's just, mm. it's just flowing through me. Mm. Yeah. Charles Spurgeon used to say that, uh, if, if you don't wish for other people to be saved, uh, you're probably not saved yourself. And I think there's, there's some <laughs> truth in that. Eh? It's just, it's such a beautiful Definitely. thing. That you, you want to share that. Would you say mm. there's particular, I guess, challenges you've noticed with that doing it in a new zealand context particular i guess objections that continually come up or particular um i guess aspects of kiwi culture that quite a lot of kiwis have in common and sort of resisting yeah, sure. or, re I mean, or rejecting it so so in odahu for example um and in pacific island and indian 
the, the the demographic that I that I'm in, they're all religious. Okay. There's, there's there's pretty much no one is not religious. Right. Um, you're, they, you so you've either got on the Indian side of the spectrum or the Asian side of the spectrum, I should say. Um, you've got uh, Muslim and Hindu, and right. on the island side of the spectrum, you have or 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 types of. Yeah. Um, Christian denominations from Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah Witness, uh, Mormonism to Assembly of God, which is probably the, the one of the common ones in the area. Um, and so, yeah, by all means, you know, when I'm sharing the gospel, when we get there, before we get there, I ask them, do you know the gospel? Most of them will say, yeah, of course. And I ask, well, would you could you share that with me mm. so that I can see if they 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 truly do know the gospel and um whether they whether most of the time they can't articulate or don't want to articulate it so i just well well, just so we are on the same page this is what the gospel is this is what i hope you know what that is yeah and um and then and then we start having dialogue about this that and the other and but most of the time using ray comfort's model you know do you think you're a good person are you a moral person Mm. Most of them, even as self-proclaimed Christians, uh, would say, yeah, I'm a good person. Mm. And um, then we, we just take it to Scripture and say, well, the Bible says there's none good but God. So are you telling the truth or is the word of God telling the truth? Yeah. And then we just go take it from there. Awesome, man. That's terrific. Uh, exciting to hear that. So, so let's go back to, I guess, sort of the beginning of the story, um, pre-Christian, Nevin. Could you tell me a bit about, I guess, your upbringing, your background prior to your your conversion. Tell me a bit about that. Sure. So um, I, my mum brought me up um, my whole life. Uh, she wasn't married to my dad, and so that never worked, obviously. Uh, so she was, she was a solo mum, did the best that she could. Uh, English is her second language. She's Croatian and Albanian. And um, I guess from a really young age, I knew that there was something different about me and I knew there was something different about my scenario, but mm-hmm. I couldn't really put my finger on it. And obviously looking back, the, the, what, what my finger was on it was the fact that we were poorer than everyone else and there right. were two, two money, uh, two incomes at the families that I was surrounded by. Um, the dad thing didn't really bother me too much, I don't think, but it was just the fact that you know everyone had s- stuff and I didn't have stuff, and I wanted that stuff, and so I was quite a spiteful little um, kid. And I, okay. I would say on a, on a regular basis through rage and anger and whatever, you know, I hate you. I wish you were dead, mm. just because I didn't get what I thought I deserved, uh, which was just what everyone else had. Mm. Um, and so my mum was my mum's mother was a was a Catholic. So, you know, as tradition goes, my mum was a, was a Catholic. Um, and so if you could call that Christianity, which I don't know if you could, but uh, people do. Um, Christianity in my household was praying before you eat and going to church on a Sunday. Um, that, that was about it. Uh, that was it in a nutshell. Um, obviously the doctrines that they teach are, are far different than um, the, the Protestant uh, traditions and, and doctrines. And so I guess growing up, there was a lot of, uh, when it come, came to say communion or, or whatever, there was a lot of misunderstanding that was mm-hmm. obviously easily to be um, misconstrued across the different 
things coming through. So it was about when I was 10 years old, we were we were um, invited uh, by my mum's best friend to uh, the Baptist church. And yeah, my mum was just, and I, I can just imagine my mum being like, okay, well, let's give this a go. If, if Nevin likes it, we'll just go there because it's a, it's an uh, it takes it takes an arm and a leg to try and get into this church, and if it, if we can go with some of the boys, um, which it was my uh, mum's best friend's kids that I was friends with, okay. um, it was more enjoyable because they were there, and it was cool, mm. and it was all great, and it was a lot more laid back, and the pastor was a bit more laid back, and you know it was a bit more chill, and so it kind of worked, um, and then we just went about the motions, you know, I, I was a I was a naughty kid um, to the degree where you know I just didn't care about school and I gave my mum a bit of grief and I had anger management issues. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just because my mum was uh, also focusing on getting a degree in nursing, um, I got a lot of time by myself um, okay. and I had to uh, step up as a man quite a lot sooner and try and figure out what that is. Um, and so by figuring out what that is, I thought that meant I had to drink the most, smoke the most, have the most girlfriends, mm. be the coolest. That's what it meant to be a man because the men around me effectively um, in my circles, that's what a man was. Mm. Um, and I did I did that and I achieved that and I was the man um, at those things. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went into to a pretty big spiral to be honest okay. slowly but surely I, I i did well with with work um i passed level one nca i i did i worked from the age of about 15 um pretty much till now really um mm -hmm. but um working um and just you know a, a normal weekend would be marijuana and alcohol that's just normal nothing extravagant mm -hmm. that's what you did on a friday saturday thursday mm -hmm. payday whatever and mm -hmm. that was the life that i lived and it just slowly over the years progressed okay. into harder drugs until i couldn't hold down a job until wow. my family didn't even really want to know me uh until friends couldn't trust me mm. because they you know just because of the stigma around um hard a-class drugs uh, that yeah. i was addicted to yeah. intensely the sad thing i think is that in my I guess in a most self, I knew what I was doing was wrong. Mm. I felt I knew I in relation to, I always believed in God. Right. I knew, I always believed that and I'm quite a logical individual. I always assumed that, um, you know, everything is so intricately woven together with an action and reaction that it couldn't have just happened by a random chance. So God existed. Um, and, you know, you hear things from church and around the place, God loves you no matter what, unconditionally, it's all good, you know, just just say you're sorry and everything will be okay. And so I guess with that as well as, you know, creating a God in my own image, just cuddly teddy bear where, yeah, I believe in God and Jesus, he's a pretty cool fellow and mm. it's all good, you know. Um, I'm not doing, I'm sure I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, but I have a loving God that will love right. me no matter what I do. So it's all right. good. Right. Um, and um, I definitely felt something inside as much as the drugs and alcohol and whatever mm. else was masking it. I still knew what I was doing wasn't right. Sure. This innate uh, human, yeah. even with this innate human instinct to do not, 
so good. Um, I knew it wasn't right. And I knew that there was going to come a day. And I remember saying it to someone at work uh, that there will come a day when I will make the decision to stop everything and commit myself to God. But I loved drugs and alcohol way too much mm. to make that decision straight away. Yeah. Um, there was there was a few inklings along the way. I went for a job interview uh, one time. This was one of the one of the bigger inklings in my mind uh, okay. in my life that made me uh, become a Christian. <clears throat> uh, was I was on a job interview for a pretty uh, decent job, um, and uh, one of the last questions the interviewer asked me was, um, "What is your what is your goal in life?" Hmm. And um, I was like, oh, you mean just in general or in the workplace? And he was like, oh, answer it however you'd like. And it took me a second. And my response was after we had been swearing, swear talking with each other and, and you know, just because we were in a freighting industry and that's just kind of how you, how right. you talk, potty mouth. After that, all this potty mouth conversation, and he asked me, what is, what is your goal in life? Within a second, I said to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And it was just like, it, we, we both went silent. And I was like, <laughs> huh, huh, who would have thought that that would have come out of my mind? I didn't expect that I would say that. He yeah. definitely didn't expect that I would say that. And that's kind of where it ended. And I didn't get the job. And that was all good. Right. So that was my light bulb moment to even more to be like, okay, this is clearly w what I want to do deep down. Mm. But if I do do that, then I'm going to have to make a big change in my life. And mm. I'm not really prepared to do that quite yet. Mm. I'm not really prepared to give up the yeah. sex and the, yeah. and, and the meth and all of that kind of stuff because mm. it feels and tastes and everything is just great. It's absolutely mm. lovely. And, and that's why sin is, is so hard is because it's good. It feels good. You know, sure. it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be hard to stop if, if it wasn't so great. Sure. Um, when so, you said to your friend, you know, uh, at some point I'm going to stop this at some point, um, yeah. do, do you think at that time, like you genuinely believed that or, or do you think you were more, I guess, trying to, you know, appease no, your conscience I, a bit? I was definitely, I was definitely being genuine. I said okay. to him, I, I said, to, and it was, I, I didn't even know how it even came up mm. in conversation because we're at our workstations. I was in a customer service department. I must have been up to no good on the weekend before or something and be like, I just remember turning to him and being like, do you know one day um, I'm going to fully commit myself to God and um, and that's going to be me. And and that's kind of just where it ended. And mm -hmm. I asked him a few years later, um, or a couple of years ago, do you remember me saying that to you? And mm. he, he couldn't remember it. So Wow. Yeah, I just, uh, I yeah, I really wanted to know if he remembered me saying that. And because we are still friends, we don't mm. see each other that often. But, um, yeah, it was it, it was definitely, I remember saying it. I remember the place where it was. I remember the time, like, what I was up to. And I was going to church at the time. And, um, you know, I was reading my Bible and going to Bible studies and stuff like that. But it didn't really, it, it definitely didn't click in enough for me to be like, right take it seriously yeah so how much of your life did this go on for so so i would say that i did drugs and alcohol from the age of about 12 okay to the age of 28 and i'm 33 mm. okay 
So tell me about what happened at 28. So, I mean, really, really, it's, it's, it's a really out of it thing. So another, probably the only other one thing that I can think of is obviously when you're doing drugs and alcohol, particularly drugs. And when you're, when you're on the tr- the fringe of society and hanging out with drug dealers and, and gang members and, and all of these types of things, um, you're not, do- you're not, you're not doing, you're not doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I was sleeping on somebody's floor. Um, if I found $2, you know, or a couple of dollars, me and my friend who was an alcoholic would go to the, alcohol shop the first thing in the morning grab some beers and anyway um a friend of mine that i knew from school had been to jail a few times um and we 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 were hanging out one day um I, actually he came and he came over to the house that i was staying at as he did from time to time and um i would always you know he, he was a he was a blood uh, which is a bloods gang uh, opposed to the crips and um i would always say oh sup blood or give do the bloods handshake with him and he was drinking this day and he's 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 a bit of a mutant in the sense that he's just he's been a prisoner and he's just ripped to shreds mm-hmm. um and he he just thought okay this is the day that we're going to initiate you into the bloods gang and um and um so he was like okay you want to be a blood you want to handshake me all right this is this is it now and so i got a bit of a beat down and um, it wasn't too wasn't too serious, but um, they got me they got me to go in the car with them because because I was like you know I, I I wasn't really getting it. I think I'd just woken up from a sleep at like three o'clock in the afternoon, um, and, um, and 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 I wasn't I didn't I couldn't figure out like why why were they doing this? You know I'm I'm getting smacked up two two of my mates. And because, you know, normal people don't really do, do stuff like that. I'm getting mm. a bit smacked up and then I'm kind of like, you know, flinching and and, and, and blocking and kind of like they're getting pissed off because they're like, just take it. You want to be tough. You're supposed to blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they got me to go in the car with them. And um, someone that I was staying with must have called the cops and said, um, oh, Nevin's been kidnapped, blah, 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 blah. And I'm in the car. And we're on the way, and he's like, "All right, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to do a do a, do a lag for us, do go to prison for us, and um, steal some money." And da 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 da. I'm like, "Are you ready to go to prison?" I'm like, "Not if I don't have to." Hell no. And um, and and we're going down the road, and I'm thinking in my mind, like, "What what what what's what's going on here?" And I turned to the main my main mate, and I was like, "I was like." Um, I'm going to be a pastor one day. And um, he was just looking at me angrily. And I was like, I have worship practice later on. So whatever we have to do, just let's do it. And then, then drop me off. And he turned the car around and dropped me off straight away. Hmm. And, and, and then left. And that, and that was it. And I never saw them ever again. Um, So, that was a really like there was no reason for him to, to, to turn around and drop me off. Mm. Um, there was it was it was that could have gone really bad that mm. scenario, mm. Um, and it was just and it was probably the after I had gone down this big 
roller coaster ride of ups and downs, selling drugs, doing drugs, um, ending ending up on someone's floor, sleeping on someone's floor, to to this moment. This was like the last end of the end of the line where it was mm. like there was not really anywhere to go from there apart from die or um, or prison. Mm. Um, and and it was like I guess I guess which it doesn't sound good for me, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, well, everything that I'm doing is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, I guess now it's time to surrender to Christ. <laughs> um, and um, and then it, it didn't happen immediately. Okay. Um, I, I can't I can't take a think of a time frame mm-hmm. exactly of when that and, and that instance was, but I would say within three months. I had got a job. I stopped doing drugs and alcohol, cold turkey, and yeah. And then I'm, and now I'm here. Mm. Fascinating, man. T- tell me about the the message of the gospel in the midst of this. Do you remember, I guess, where that that fits in here? At some point, I'm presuming yeah, you encountered I mean, this claim of Jesus: "I'm your Lord. You've sinned against me. This is what I've done." Yeah. Where did where did that yeah. sort of factor into it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, some people think that they're good. I never thought I was good. I used mm. to hate myself and, you know, punish myself because of of the hatred for myself, and that's why I did drugs and stuff. It's just mm. this continual spiraling uh, down thing. But um, it was kind of like surely I would have been told the gospel most of my life. Mm. I've been in church, you know pretty much most of my life. Um, and I can't imagine it not being shared. Um, Jesus died on the cross. Cool. whoop de woo uh, That didn't really like, it didn't really sit home mm. with me. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, I can, I can only really think of, yeah, I, I mean, because of, I think because of drugs and alcohol, <laughs> um, my memory isn't so great. And, okay. you know, I think maybe maybe a human uh, defensive mechanism is to um, forget things. But mm. to be honest, Ray Comfort's videos were, were when I kind of got it the most. I'm sure I yeah. had it before then, okay. but probably not too much before. Mm. Um, and it was just it was just how he put it put it out there using the model that he uses. Mm. Um, made me realize the the crucial or sufficient sacrifice that he um, pays for each and every one mm. of us who believe. Mm. Um, and so because of that, it was just like I had to watch every video that he ever made. And he, he says the same thing over and over again. It, it does. Solidified it for mm. me, like yeah, now nah, that that's exactly what I believe, and it's so it's so obvious because it's like the opposite of every other world religion. Effectively, mm-hmm. you know, every other world religion says you do good, well, your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, or you do this, that, and the other, and you're good to go. But the gospel says you effectively can't do anything. Mm. It's God that does it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, um, in the last say year, I've become a lot more reformed. And so, um, I believe that even more so now. Mm. Um, 
Awesome, man. So, I mean, you, in that you've you've mentioned this this day where you've sort of decided between well, it's either um, prison or or Christ, effectively, and then you've sort of mentioned this three month period of time, and you know where you've sort of been getting your life back together, and then you've mentioned Ray Comfort and his explanations of the gospel in the midst of that, and in all of that, and with all of that, do you think there was a particular moment for you where you realized, okay, I'm in now. Like I, I am a Christian. Uh, this new birth has. Yeah. Happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really odd thing. Cause obviously over time, theology's changed, um, hmm. thoughts about certain things have changed. And so on the outside of things, it's kind of like it was, I decided it. I, I changed my life. I made good decisions. Um, my willpower was strong. And so I made this decision for Christ. Um, but obviously God has been calling me uh, for a really long time. I would say most of my life. Um, mm. And um, yeah, I, I kind of thought, I kind of thought the moment was when I stopped doing drugs. Mm. That was when I became a born again Christian. But Really, it's obviously happened before that in the sense that, you know, it's kind of hard to explain it because it, it, and on the one hand, it feels as though that I've I made this big decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, it's kind of like I've known it, but it's just kind of God has allowed it to be interlocked actually where my behavior and belief coincide with one mm. another finally right. Where right. my my belief my belief was pretty much there mm. um but my behavior didn't exhibit mm. someone who'd had a belief right. None <laughs> at, of all, that at all showing up exactly yeah. yeah fascinating one of the blessings that god has for us uh in, in the christian life is the wider body um we're not supposed to be uh christian islands or uh, you know, lone mm. wolves out there, lone wolves out there, rather, um, you know, doing our thing. So, in, in his good providence and in his good timing, um, often, you know, other Christians are instrumental in, in the Christian life. Do you have a few people for you in the last five years that, that God's really used in um, helping you work all this out? Yeah, I, I, I could definitely say, um, you could say three pastors. Okay. Um, three pastors. And and so although although I wasn't a born-again Christian with the first pastor, mm-hmm. um, um, Pastor Anthony, um, at my home church, he did disciple me to mm. the point where it was just, it was kind of there giving me basic fundamental ideas kind of sculpting this newness in me mm-hmm. and then kind of uh the next one was uh pastor bob uh, who was the pastor after that and um yeah surely he used what pastor anthony did and and kind of built off that and was kind mm-hmm. of like making me energized about god and and then after after that probably a couple of years later was when this born again experience happened where yeah. the fruit was a lot more evidence 
Um, and now that I have been a Christian for five years and the pastor after Pastor Bob, Pastor Mike has come along uh, in the last, I would say, two to three years, hmm. he's been quite instrumental in relation to reform doctrine. Okay. Um, which um, I didn't really know existed, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, because, you know, mainstream Christianity is is quite prominent. Yeah, when you look into specific doctrines, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's a lot more blatantly known or, or recognized um, with mainstream Christianity than it is okay. particular reformed theology. I don't know if okay. you want me to go into um, that or not, but yeah. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, how, how did that come up? for you so I mean. so what 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 one i mean so so pastor mike has mm. um pressured me in certain areas that i had never experienced before okay. um one of them one of them being um actually before he started to, to be honest and just okay. solidified a little bit more after but we were looking for a pastor and uh, our lady had applied for the job and being brought up by my mum you know, I've been taught uh, men and women are equal um, in the sense that anything a man can do, a woman can do, and 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 so on and so forth. Um, and so when when this lady applied and some of our elders and members were like, um, no, we don't we don't accept a female uh, as a pre- as a pastor. And I was like, I don't get it. Uh, this is what the Bible says. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't know about that, but let's put that on the, on the burner. Um, okay. And and then Pastor Mike came along and, you know, kind of gave me his take on it. Um, it intrigued me a lot because I, I kind of thought I still wasn't quite sold on it mm. yet. Um, and then doing my own studies and now I can't see scripture uh, advocating for women preachers at all. Um, I think it's blatantly uh, obvious um, okay. from Genesis, um, so and okay. so on. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously, there's been a connection between you and him from there in terms of the stuff you've chatted yeah, through. Yeah, so he's been my he's been my um, like supervisor and mentor, and hmm. um, obviously we don't we still don't necessarily agree on absolutely everything, and I think okay. that's okay. Um, but. Um, definitely being a pinnacle person in my life to kind of been able to bounce ideas off to mm. um, share his expertise as a pastor for I'm sure over 20 years um, on shepherding the flock and um, mm. um, just he's quite wise, you know, yeah. wis- uh, wisdom through age and experience and mm. biblical understanding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's definitely been someone there that's been able to journey with me, particularly going into pastoral ministry mm. um he's been great yeah awesome you started the, the conversation when we were talking about what it means to be christian and and you mentioned scripture uh having a having a huge role there um c- could you speak to that a little bit how do you go about putting that into your world at the moment you mentioned you know no bible no breakfast that's that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. But I'd just be, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you incorporate it into your life, how you've come to do it that way. 
All that yeah. sort of thing, man. Love to hear you speak to it. Yeah, sure. So when when I became a Christian, I guess I uh, I guess I be, uh, believed that you know I'm going to have to understand this book mm. as best as I can because it's the Word of God and it's where we get our all, all that we effectively need to know um, or derive all our understanding from mm. uh, and our insights from. And so I'm I'm going to need to get my head around this book. Uh, and so. I've always, well, I currently work at a sawmill at the moment as well. Okay. Um, and when when I told you that I kind of was getting my life around again five years ago, I got this job at the sawmill. Mm. Um, and so the sawmill starts at 6.30 in the morning. And so I wake up at 5.30, get to work at about quarter to quarter to 10 to 6, and then use that time before I start work to read scripture and pray. Mm. And so... The, for the first year, I just read the Bible beginning to end. Mm. Um, and then the next year, uh, so I actually prioritized reading scripture only in the mornings for the first year. Mm. For the second year and till, till today, I prioritize uh, at the same time in the morning for about 35, 40 minutes. Mm. Um and in the evening before I go to bed. Um, and so I've kind of just chopped and changed. First mm. of all, I did beginning to end. Mm. Uh, then I did the New Testament twice. And then I did the Old Testament twice. Then I did the Old and the New alternatively. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just been a thing that I, when I first started, it was easy to forget sometimes. Sure. Um you know, now it is, it's been, it's impossible. I cannot forget. It doesn't matter where I am, mm. where I'm staying. I know the first thing, the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is grab my phone for my Bible. Mm. Um, and, and it's what I, it's what I do. I focus on my, I focus on my reading and, and scripture. Mm. Um, and so the first, so I've read the Bible through probably nearly four times through um, at least and um you know the first time is kind of just under like getting the words right um with the funny names and places yeah and, sure and kind of kind of crafting the 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 narratives mm. and the second time around you're kind of expecting a little bit more because you know what's coming and then and then you start understanding the context and the and the literary and and you know just you start building a lot a little bit yeah. more and it's kind of like the whole watching a movie for the second time round right. you see totally. things you never saw before um, and you appreciate the monotonous or the repetitive or the genealogies that yeah some people may not uh, enjoy if, if it's the first time totally uh, so man that, that's quite a you know, decent chunk of time a day getting in there. How many chapters would you be churning through a day doing that amount of time? I mean, it, it, it does, it does vary. Mm. Um, but I mean, I mean, and, and obviously depending on the book and how long, sure. the, how long the, the chapters are. Yeah. Uh, but um, that could be anywhere between five and 15 yeah. chapters, you know? Awesome. And, and then closing with, and closing with prayer and, Mm. You know, sometimes, and I honestly, sometimes at night times, you know, I pray 
and it's like I'm praying when I'm sleeping and I wake up praying. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, it just goes forever. You try and cover everything and you never can cover everything. So you're like, okay, I'll, I'll end with in Jesus' name, amen. But if I think of anything as I'm sleeping alone, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep mm. going. <laughs> awesome. Where are you reading in scripture at the moment? I am in, I think, Zephaniah. Awesome. No, I'm in Nahum. Sorry. Awesome. That's great, man. In, yeah. in the depths of the word. That's awesome. Yeah. Spurgeon would ask when people would be joining the church uh, back in the 19th century, he would ask them, you know, pretty standard ecclesiological questions uh, as they became members. But he would also ask them, uh, what would you love to accomplish for the Lord? And so I pose that to you, Lord willing, you got probably a few decades in front of you as a Christian. What would you love to accomplish for the Lord in that time? um you know the it's it's kind of like it's an endless task like i I think i i think i shared um you know i currently um lead a bible study a youth group i lead worship and i preach from time to time um i just really want god to use me for his purposes Mm -hmm. and to be honest i never thought youth would be my thing, I don't want to deal with little snotty little kids and you know, all their misbehaving and stuff. I don't have any kids of my own. I don't want to deal with anyone else's. Mm. <laughs> but honestly, it is it is a blessing. And uh, there's been so many pinnacle moments where uh, youth, the youth have come to me and said things like, oh, really, I'm, I'm starting to read my Bible and it's really like uh, I never thought I would do this and, mm. and I want to be baptized and all these other things. And it's like this is the reason why God has placed me to where I am. This mm. is why I do what I do. Mm. Um, and so if I can teach biblical doctrine accurately, faithfully, um, biblically, of course, um, sharing the gospel to to the saved and the unsaved, mm. um, I think people forget sometimes that the gospel is also for the saved mm. um, and it, it must be preached everywhere. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, when it comes to the gospel, there, there is no deviating from its, from its truth, from its power. Um, and I think that, um, it, yeah, I, I can get really frustrated when um, people say, Oh, what gospel? Or, um, or there are many forms of the gospel, um, and I think there is only one gospel, uh, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, of course. Mm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think it's John MacArthur who says, you know, that uh, throughout the whole Bible, there's a, there's Jesus as, as in a thread of throughout mm. the whole Bible, and it's unmistakable. Um, mm. And so Jesus must be preached. The gospel must be preached and shared to the ends of the earth. And, and yeah, that's really what I feel God is calling me to do uh, in youth, in worship, in preaching, mm. in evangelizing. Um, Christ is at the center. And, and yeah, I just pray that, you know, the Lord uses me to do that as the best that I can through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Beautiful, man. Hey, let's do some rapid fire questions. Uh, you can answer a short or as long as you want, uh, I'll just throw them at you. We'll, we'll just keep moving through them, eh? You're on a deserted island. You can only have five books of the Bible with you. Which ones are you having? Uh, John, the Gospel of John, uh, Genesis, 
uh, Revelation, uh, Daniel, and Psalms. Beautiful. Do you have a life verse? You one of those people? A life verse? Yeah. Um, one of my one of my favorite verses is Ephesians two eight and nine. For it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of works, lest any man may boast. It is a gift of God. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, great passage. Ephesians mm. one and two, love it. Best thing about being a Christian. Best thing about being a Christian, um, yeah, glorifying God in my in, in every way that I can. Mm. Book of the Bible you would like to understand better. Revelation. Beautiful. Man, the amount of guests that have said that, I'm excited. Everyone's going to be getting into it. It's good. I'm sure there's going to be maybe two or three years down the track, just an avalanche of Christians that are getting their heads around. It'll be great. Favorite Christian song? Hmm. Um, off the top of my head, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Cool. It's a beautiful song. Love that song. Favorite Christian authors thinkers people that have been influential on you that you think john, john they're, they're worth jumping johnny mac stephen lawrence okay Vody yep. awesome um rc sprawl nice tip for bible reading someone who's just starting out they want to get into it what tip would you give them just do one chapter at a time favorite christian book there are many normally i go for wayne grudem's theological Oh, systematic uh, theology? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Nice. Favorite thing about your church? Uh, multiculturalism. Cool, man. Well, this has been another episode of Fill Me In. Drop us a comment. Drop us a five-star rating if you so desire on our Spotify page there. Redeemer Church is a Bible teaching church in the center of Tauranga. Our services are at 10.30 uh, a.m. on a Sunday. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. Uh, Nevin, it's been so good to have you with us today, man. Cheers. Grace and peace to you. Fresh spring, and to one lost sheep, a shepherd boy is greater than the richest king.